From technology and acquisition to citizen services and mission execution, a culture shift is underway with federal government leaders increasingly seeking out solutions that disrupt the way business has traditionally been done. Here we connect with those government and industry leaders driving this change and delivering the real results in support of their agency mission. This is Keeping IT Brief. Today, I'm speaking with Sampada Rajan and Byron Caswell of ICF. Thank you for joining me today. So according to a recent Wakefield study, 55% of government IT employees say that cultural resistance to change is the top reason for failed digital transformation plans. Why is this, and how is ICF helping agencies overcome this resistance? That's a great question, Marianne. Um, At a macroscopic level, a successful digital transformation strategy requires a cultural shift in mindset. You know, CIOs and CDOs across the organization are going to need support from executive leaders, from middle managers, and even from frontline workers, right? So the CIOs and CDOs uh, must lead their teams to cultivate a culture that embraces change. In fact, uh, Mary, and the study that you referenced concluded that 98% of the federal employees who were surveyed have concerns that their agencies are are not going to be able to meet um, their digital transformation plans in the next 12 months. So how do we address this cultural resistance to change? And there's a three-pronged approach in which we can look at this. People, process, and technology. When it comes to people, it's really important for us to bring in the powerful change management framework, right? So with one of our clients, we, you know, we rolled out a technical uh, transformation initiative, but we very quickly realized that we had to take a step back and ask ourselves, why? Why are we doing this, right? What is the compelling vision for this change? And once you have a clearly defined vision, you can then empower your workforce to figure out the how. How do we put in safe guardrails so that we encourage innovation and experimentation with minimal risk? Middle managers are really the key change agents to secure workforce technology adoption. You know, they are the folks who best know their staff Um, who know the strength of their employees, and who can predict the emotional um, reaction to change as a result of transformation. When we talk about processes, you know, we need to support the shift from program to product-based thinking. Consider how technology will work across departments and different seniority levels. The the unification of this kind of IT and mission-led objectives is what is going to help us, you know, find easy solutions to the local optimization problems that we see every day. And I know Byron has some really great examples on how agencies have been able to successfully achieve uh, digital transformation. Thanks, Apra. Exactly. When you hear a successful digital transformation, it's often talked about in terms of stories. These things look like heroic efforts of, you know, a few cadre of individuals that are able to do something that nobody ever thought could be done before. We have one of our our great ones as a public health customer, early days, days of COVID, where their mission changed. 
And they had to start coordinating with researchers and nurses and hospital staff and uh, basically people who have experienced COVID to figure out what the long-term genetic factors of um, the COVID disease are, are in terms of treatment for it. So we built an app together to, to help broker that. And we did it in 10 days. And we talk about that sort of as a oh, 10-day app to help with the public health response for COVID. Um, while that seems like a wonderful story, it, it ignores the two-plus years of organizational change efforts that I that address, you know, all the things that Sampa talked about, the people, the engagement with the right stakeholder groups and management layers to understand mission and really get a perspective of how what the organization does can best be supported by the tools and technologies and processes in place for it. What the technology is, is and what it should be, the overall enterprise architecture and setting up the standards and guardrails necessary for it. So once you, you have that in place, you can kind of have these, these fantastic, you know, success stories that we, we, uh, we always talk about, but where success, where, where the, the failures of, of digital transformation efforts come in, sort of what we guard against is taking that change management and organizational change approach to any technology effort. You know, like I think the Wall Street Journal article would say a couple of years ago, you know, we're entering the era where every company is a technology company You know, at the same thing. On the government side, every agency is a digital agency. Every solution has some aspect of technology and process in, in, in place. And unless the people and process aspects are also taken care of, and that that leads to challenges in these these major efforts and the lack of confidence sort of heard about. Thanks for the question, Marianne. Thank you, Byron. Now, Sampada, an overwhelming 95% of federal employees agree that it's important to adopt low, no-code solutions. What's driving this, and what do you see these new no, low, no-code platforms fitting into a federal digital strategy? Actually, you mind if I take that one, uh, Sampada? Sure, sure. Uh, first, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so it, it just actually the quote I just said, you know, all agencies are digital agencies at this point. When you look at the work that our customers, especially in public sector, right, what, the, what they they do, I mean, every aspect of it from core mission, you know, the work of the agency to the enabling functions, like the meta work of the agency has some aspect of, of digital for it. In the same sense of that Wall Street Journal article, um, they also said something that was interesting about the next five years, you're looking at 500 plus million applications uh, that need to be delivered in order to let the industry and let the government keep up with the expanded needs of doing more with less. Um, when we come into one of these digital transformation projects, we look at all that and have a, a good perspective over what the enabling technologies need to be to help facilitate the core mission and then also the process efficiencies to improve the citizen experience, the employee experience, and the, the government experience on each side of things. Uh, Low-code platforms or high-performance application platforms or whatever specific, you know, Gartner Magic Quadrant framework you want to put, put in for it, what they do really well, especially when they have guardrails and standards and processes put in place around them, is democratize the application and technology delivery process so that it isn't just the team of engineers in the back in a back office delivering software it is anybody with a need can solve something much more efficiently and quicker and that can then be shared across the employee user space and honestly it can be turned into enterprise services with the right kind of um, transformation framework in place I know in the same sense, I shared an example in the last one. I know Sampada has some great 
pictures of where we've done this before for specific customers too. Sampa, do you want to jump in there? Sure. Thanks a lot, Byron. And, and you know, above what Byron said, low-code, no-code technology, right? It's, it's a perfect example um, is on about digital strategy is to think about this new technology called robotic process automation, or RPA for short. RPA is a commercial off-the-shelf technology that can automate repetitive tasks. So, you know, we implemented um, RPA solutions for many different agencies within the federal government. But the one that stood out the most was um, an implementation that we did for an audit office within the government. This low-code, no-code solution was deployed under two months, you know, and it was kind of enabled by the fact that most of the leading RPA tools um, have a great uh, toolbox of design, development, and reusability. But so we came out of this, um, you know, this initiative, and we saw the advantages that we knew we were going to see going in. We saw, you know, reduced manual time, thereby freeing up that time for other higher-value tasks. We saw um, increase in accuracy of the task being performed, right? And these were things we knew we were going to see. But the best part is that we also saw that this low-code, no-code technology initiative, almost innovation actually, um, was able to help us identify that we were working off of audit policies that over a, that were over a decade old. And what this means is that these policies had um, res had results of technology limitations that we had a decade ago. Now, we all know how quickly technology grows, right? So a decade is a really long time. And, you know, we now have such great computing processing power and these automation tools, right? And so the best outcome that we had from this initiative was to realize that we can actually help update our policies that we're working off of, because a lot of these policies are critical as they result in, um, you know, monetary audits and monetary recovery as well. So it was really, you know, the best outcome in terms of a high return on investment for every tax dollar that is spent and even recovered by some parts of the federal government. Thank you, Sampada. Now, the Forrester CX index continues to remain flat while investments in IT continue to rise. Why are customers not seeing the full benefit of these IT investments yet? Thanks for the question, Marianne. And, you know, I really think it is very relevant to what we're seeing today. You know, customer experience is a culmination of many factors, right? But in its broadest form, it includes user experience, information design, and process flows. Let me give you an example of a disconnect, actually, between an IT investment and user needs. You know, I just spoke of robotic process automation, right? And it's, it's, it's a great example of how sometimes investment in technology doesn't always result in good customer outcomes. Let's say you automated a business process that was inefficient to begin with, right? One of the inefficiencies you knew about it was the fact that it was manual. And so you run with it and you apply this automated technology. But in reality, the fact that it was manual is not what caused its inefficiency. It was probably somewhere else in the business process. So now, you know, you've just taken this um, 
inefficient process and made it happen faster than it did before. So you kind of question the worth of the solution you put in place. Now, this can be easily avoided because what have happened in this example was a case of inside out thinking, right? Where we assume that we know what the customers want without really talking to the customers. But what we need to do is change that mindset and focus on a more outside in thinking, right? So we need to start by asking our customers, what is the objective you are trying to achieve? What is the work that you are trying to get done as a result of this? And once we bring in this kind of outside in thinking, we will start to see how technology investments directly align with achieving customer outcomes. And you know, just to elaborate further on the outside in thinking, the federal government, you know, and it has two broad categories of customers, right? The American citizens and the many tens of thousands of federal employees who work tirelessly to ensure that the wheels of the government are running efficiently. Right? So the main question we need to be asking is, how do citizens feel about their interactions with agencies and the services they receive? How do federal employees feel about the processes and the systems that they have to work with to deliver these services to the citizens? We can achieve this kind, these kinds of objectives by thinking of customer experience and using many of its toolkits, which include discovery sessions, journey maps, and even empathy maps. You know, the, the results of these process are truly amazing. But the problem is that these processes are rarely ever followed. I spoke a little earlier about a growing talent gap, but on a positive note, what we're also seeing in terms of um, workforce is that we are seeing a lot of software developers and engineers come with a more customer-focused mindset, where they ask the question, you know, why are we building what we're building instead of just building what they were asked to build? And, you know, I think that the way we can really start to see um, a better customer experience in that is to start thinking of our IT budget as one that encompasses customer experience. You know, we've always thought of IT budget as technical infrastructure, technology procurement, operations and maintenance, and all those are, are right. You know, we need to continue doing so, but in addition, we also need to add customer experience as a core process within that budget. And I think then we will start to see greater alignments with our IT budget and outcomes of customer experience satisfaction. And, you know, I, I know Byron has some other good examples to share about how, um, you know, we've had these um, transformation initiatives that were centered around customer experience. Thanks, Abra. Yeah, what, what you said was incredibly resonant and relevant. I mean, you're seeing that in a number of agencies where, you know, you like a chief customer experience officer starts to be uh, put in place and customer experience gets elevated to the, the level of CIO, CDO kind of, of, of thing. It's just that needs to happen more often. And honestly, the people who are delivering services and sort of helping shape the next tier of strategy need to have that tool in their tool belt in order to make it happen. Um, and what, Sampa to hit a lot of the pieces of what, you know, we at ICF and, and have our customers focus on there. What it really is, is, is elevating design thinking into part of 
just the core process areas for delivering transformation or delivering application services, right? Design, you know, when you hear that, most people think of, oh, okay, how does it look and feel? How does it, uh, how does it present on the screen? Are we accessible? Are we compliant? And, and that's not really the, the case, right? That's visual interaction. But like back at the, the beginning, we're, we're hitting of, let's engage with uh, the, the effective use of st- stakeholders and understand what do they have issues with? What are their pain points are? Why are they doing what they're doing? How does it support a mission outcome? Are they aware of the mission outcome? Do they get the broader context? Um, how, what else do they use? How do they use it? What are they familiar with? Um, when you start doing that in early stages of, along a, a transformation program, you get a couple of things, you know, that happen that are really relevant. You know, one being a, um, a level of adoption and stickiness and learnability from systems. The other being, you know, engagement, right? What does a successful transformation uh, have in place, right? It's got some kind of virtuous cycle of interest and engagement and success and outcome and then more, which builds more interest and success, you know, over at a few of our customer spaces when they're talking about like global transformation. I mean, this is the core to how we're being successful or able to be successful. You know, a customer that buys a whole host of things for the federal government, you're looking at not only acquisition officers, you're looking at purchasing people, you're looking at their customers. How do they engage with their agency stakeholders? What does the contractor consulting community have to deal with the two? And by putting that kind of elevation on the design thinking aspect of things, um, we're able to successfully, you know, deliver it. You know, that's a core thing when ICF goes to market. You know, we bring HCD and we bring design thinking as part of the, the part and parcel of our digital offerings, right? Without that, you get risks, you get challenges, you get failures, you get expensive, you get the CX investment fall, not aligned to IT investment. Um, yeah, thank you. That was a yes. Yeah, Really good stuff. Sampada Byron of ICF, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening. For more podcasts by G2 Exchange Media, please visit www.fedhealthit.com and look for the podcast section at the top of the page. Music by Jam Studio, courtesy of Shutterstock Incorporated. Shutterstock Incorporated.